Hello and welcome to this month's episode of Sistrix with Candor. I am your host, Jack Chambers Warren, joined by my co-host, Mark Williams-Cook. How Hello. are you, Mark? Very well, thank you, Jack. It's a pleasure to be here on Sistrix's YouTube channel once again. We're going to talk about a lot of SEO news coming up, and I'm very excited to dive into some pretty hot topics in SEO this month. We're going to be talking about the new SERP update feature within Sistrix. Google is testing some new SGE features while you browse, and a few other bits and pieces. They've been playing around and testing a lot of things with SGE. Google also lets businesses add social media links to their profiles in Google Business Profile, finally. <laughs> and of course, we'll be tackling a couple of questions at the end in our Q&A section. So welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us on YouTube. If you're listening to this on podcast, please do go and check out the YouTube version. And if you're watching us on YouTube, there is also an audio available on the Search with Canda podcast feed as well. So we've got you covered either way, essentially. We're nice and easily covered on audio and the video. So wherever you get your podcasts or YouTube videos, you can go check us out there. And we're going to kick things off, not with Index Watch, not with Trend Watch, but a very cool update from Systrix themselves. We're going to talk about the SERP update feature that has now rolled out across Systrix. There are a few different ways to access this feature, and I did actually touch upon it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. So if you heard that, stay tuned because this is a much more deep dive and you'll actually get to see how it works if you're watching us on the video as well because I've got some lovely little video clips that will loop around and kind of show us how to access that and how it all works in the different views within Systrix. So let me show you the first one which is in the keyword overview section. Of course Steve knows I love my air fryer chips so we're talking about air fryer chips <laughs> and uh, yeah there's essentially the little button at the top there if you saw on the YouTube channel we saw a little click at the very very top there the button that said update SERP and it's going to update the SERP for us to the latest freshest data. I know we've talked about this a lot how important that freshness of data can be sometimes when you're making big changes and adjusting things having the latest data is a very very powerful thing to have right. This is a great update for people like in terms of SaaS tooling because generally up until now with these big data tools like Systrix the the situation has been like we don't have that data yet so you just got to wait for it <laughs> and that's really frustrating if you're working in-house and like there's been a Google update mm. and people are breathing down your neck trying to find out what impact <laughs> has it had from us and you're looking at the tool and the data's old so that's like incredible that they've obviously done that through feedback of people um, you know, asking to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, this is in the keyword overview section of Systrix. You can also do this when you're inspecting a domain as well, and I'll show you how that works now. So this is looking at the realfood.tesco.com real subdomain, and you've got update selected SERPs there, and you can actually select which ones you want to do. You can do them all. You can tick and untick boxes however you want, or you can also select the older than seven days feature, which really stood out to me as a really handy kind of quick little blast of like, if anything is ever so slightly out of date, hit the older than seven days button and that will really tick a lot of boxes there. And I think that's really, really useful. Yeah, the especially if you're trying to look at say clusters and work out, okay, like these five keywords have dropped, but we don't know why. And actually it's because the data's out of date and you haven't realized that. Yeah. So otherwise you're gonna have to literally not only look at all the positions and data, but you've got to verify all the date point, data, <laughs> yes. date points of that data. <laughs> the data, data points there of dates. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we can also see, thanks to Systrix, how you do it with lists as well. And I was speaking to Steve, the marketing manager over at Systrix, and 
Steve is a big advocate of lists because they save you so much time when you're using Systrix. You can create ranking tracking lists, you can create competitor lists, and this is, you can basically do it all in a couple of clicks and update all the keywords in one particular project for a client or one particular group of competitors and see how the SERPs are changing for you and your competitors, your clients and your competitors as well. And lists are a huge, powerful tool and combined with this makes it really, really convenient for you to just easily get the latest updates. A really interesting thing Steve pointed out to me that I didn't even think about, but is a really important point is these are not personalized and obviously not localized either. So you're getting a true kind of neutral scope of the SERP because I, funnily enough, I was having a conversation with one of our account managers and a client a couple of weeks ago, I think last week. And we were saying, oh, we're seeing us ranking fourth. I was like, well, I'm seeing us ranking second. Like, mm. huh. Why is that? And had a little poke around and we were using incognito tabs and VPNs and all this kind of stuff. And the SERP was changing as we were shifting user agents and all this kind of stuff. So you're like, ah, okay. So there is some localization going on there. This lets you get rid of all of that and kind of have a bigger picture, neutral kind of viewpoint of the SERPs, which is really, really useful to include in your reports to clients. Or as you were saying, Mark, you're reporting and you've just launched a new product and you're working in-house. You need to report, you know, to your superiors and the executives in the company and things like that. This neutral SERP lets you really kind of compare and contrast date by date. So you can come back in six months and know you're not being affected by localization and personalization on the SERP and things like that. And I think it's a really, really cool feature that Systrix, like you said, Mark, have rolled out because people are asking for it. And Systrix are great at answering people's queries, questions and requests, which I think is a, a huge kind of boon for a big SaaS company. <laughs> genuinely impressed with that i mean a SaaS tool is there a, a lot of the time to save you time and that is a lovely feature and it's well thought out so yeah big points for systrix there from me awesome well thank you systrix for the fantastic update thank you for having us on the youtube channel as always and thank you for sponsoring the podcast we love you guys now let's talk about some hot topics in sge shall SGE. we mark I haven't talked that much about SGE with you, have I? No, I tackled it a couple of times. Mm. We um, we touched on it, I think it was last month, we had a little dip, kind of dipped our toes into it a little bit. Um, I talked about it a lot when I had Austin Acesabor on the show a couple of weeks ago, um, and then dived into a lot into perspectives and how it relates to SGE when I had Garrett Sussman on the show a couple of months ago as well. So I've kind of kind of danced around it i have yet to try it myself which is very frustrating violin <laughs> sounds <laughs> i do feel real really like second class citizens when the when google rolled out this sge in the us i thought you know we won't be far behind but now not only has the sge been out quite a while but they're rolling out all these changes and features to it and we haven't had a look in yet yeah yeah <laughs> I've, I've been trying with vpns i know you have too i know quite a, other, quite a lot of other uk based SEOs have been playing around trying to get access to this kind of stuff, but unfortunately we haven't. But Google are testing stuff as we speak. A lot of US-based uh, SEOs, people like Lily Ray, Glenn Gabe, of course, Barry Schwartz as well, playing around and testing a lot of stuff and kind of seeing quite a lot of shifts and quite a lot of changes. So we're going to start off with talking about how they're including essentially definitions with a hover that are AI generated from a separate source. So let's go in and we've got a nice little animation here, again, provided by Google that shows if you hover over the word proton, it then explains what a proton is in a little highlight there and then links to the Wikipedia page from that little snippet. And that definition is AI. Yes. So there's yeah. AI now within the AI answer. Exactly. It's like Inception AI. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Um, but yes, yeah, this is an interesting thing, right? Especially for 
uh, obviously being a, a nerdy physicsy kind of guy that I am, I appreciate these kind of sciencey <laughs> stuff where you have a pretty clear definition of what a thing is. Sure, you would hope that an AI can kind of get this stuff right. And I know we've talked about a lot of kind of subjective stuff coming around with perspectives and kind of being the other side of the coin of trying to get the human side of things. This is trying to get you a quick definitive answer. And I've seen this feature on other sites before, but actually seeing it on a SERP is pretty weird and pretty cool. But again, a lot of people I'm sure are saying, oh, it's zero click SERPs, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think that's going to be a continued part of SGE, right? Yeah, I mean, the argument Google's going to have is better to the user, right? Which is their yes. go go-to argument. And in a, <laughs> in, a, in a way, I can see it, right? Because in that definition, um, we've got there where you've got what is a proton, essentially. I mean, when, when you're getting answers like the one that's generated there, it's easy to remember, you know, lots of people won't know the terminology, whatever the, the subject is. Yeah, you know, it's, physics, it's physics in this case. And Google's probably seen it does generate a lot of, you know, kind of people also ask stuff, you know, which is, oh, I got this answer. Well, I don't actually know exactly what a proton is. Yeah. And it, it is a good example of something that can legitimately be generated by AI. Because if you're going for, say, the definition of a proton from a large language model point of view, there's probably tons of data <laughs> skewing it to the correct yeah. answer. And there's not going to be much difference in opinion on on something like that. So I think it's yeah. actually a good example um, there from Google about perhaps where they could roll additional AI value into the SG. Um, but yeah, of, co of course, people running websites and people that spent that time planning and briefing <laughs> that content on what is a proton are going to be upset about it. Yeah. Right? Because you've, tra you've, trained, you've trained the machine. Absolutely, yeah. There was an interesting thing I was talking about with the index watch done by Lily Ray in the US over the last six months on Systrix. And we were looking at basically a lot of defi definition-style SERPs, so dictionary websites, thesauruses, all that kind of stuff, were on the decline. And they've been pretty volatile. They've kind of been on the decline for a while now from what we've seen with a lot of the Systrix data, which we've covered over the last year or so. And it seems to kind of be tying into this, right? If Google can provide that answer straight away on the SERP without needing to give you a click and, and feed you through to Merriam-Webster or dictionary.com or whatever it is, then it makes sense that they would lose that visibility as Google are kind of shifting towards another way to present the same information, right? Mm. It's interesting to see how like you see the data kind of leading up to this because I hadn't made that connection and then I saw this specific example, I was like, hmm, that's very interesting. <laughs> I literally just talked about this in Index Watch. So it's nice to see all the data kind of like combining together and, and telling similar stories. We've also got a very interesting thing. I think this is the thing that is most interesting to me about these features in SGE, which is an article summary option. You see the generate button down the bottom there, the little mouse is just going to go and click on the generate button now. And it will give you a key points from the page option. And I've seen this in Google Docs. I know you and I have experimented with this, Mark, in terms of like, you know, you get a client proposal and you can kind of do a little summary and stuff or you do a, you know, a big report in Google Docs or whatever it is. And it can do a quick like, this is the show notes for Search with Candor episode 84, blah, blah, blah. And it'll give you a quick summary of stuff. I found it to be pretty hit and miss personally. So I'm very interested to see how these kind of AI generated summaries of an entire article are going to play out on the SERPs. I'm very, very skeptical is what I'm saying, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think, again, it's an interesting use of the technology for something it potentially could be quite good at because, again, how the LM's trained, we've 
been using that as well in the other way around with PAA data to try and say, um, if we've got an article and we've got a list of 20, say, questions on people also ask, you can use something like ChatGPT to say, does this article answer these questions? Which yeah. is essentially what that key points thing is doing yeah, in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it might be, from an SEO point of view, an interesting insight into how Google is seeing the page. And I'd be, again, interested in it on a larger scale how that's mirrored by things like ChatGPT in terms mm. of an LLM. If you ask ChatGPT to summarize this page into bullet points, is it going to give you equivalent kind of output to Google? If so, you know that's what the level that you're kind of passing the data at. Yeah. Um, so you can maybe look at optimizing your pages for key points better. So if you've got the questions and they're answered within the paragraphs, because, you know, Google's got to that stage we don't have to verbosely say, this is the question, this is the answer, <laughs> um, which may be another reason why they're kind of deprecating their FAQ yeah, <laughs> schema absolutely. results yeah. and the spam, but we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, again, like you say, there's like that breadcrumb trail of data that leads to that point. Yeah. But um, don't know as well if it's if it will be ready for prime time. Because there's that, a lot of searches yeah. it's got to oh. be correct for. <laughs> this is the whole question about SGE and perspectives and this whole kind of generative AI being introduced into search in general, right? And what we've seen as well is Google testing with sources and links in this initial pop-up with the SG. So here's an example of how much does it cost to charge an electric car? And you can see highlighted in green there, you've got sources for each of these things that then externally link, for want of a better phrase from a server, I guess they're still external yeah, links. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they link out to things like Investopedia and, and Power and Edmunds and all this kind of stuff. But they have also been rolling out an option without links as well. So here is a very, very similar query. So this is how long does it take to charge? Not how much, how long does it cost? How much does it cost to how long does it take to charge an electric car? And there are no links in this central text section here. And Google kind of been a bit funny about this, it seems, because I saw Lily Ray tweet about this and say, hey, what's going on? Yesterday I had links, now I don't have links. Yeah. And Barry Schwartz was kind of confirming the same thing. He was able to replicate a lot of things as well. Um, we've taken some of these examples from Barry's article on Search Engine Roundtable. Shout out to you, Barry. Thank you for all the hard work you do for SEO news. And this is really interesting because it seems different users are getting different results at different times. Maybe Google is like geographically shifting test groups and things like that. What are your thoughts on this, Mark? Like, do you think there should be links? Do you think there should not be links? And we're going to get into Google's kind of like little uh, caveat that they had, the little statement they had as well. Yeah, so Danny Sullivan came back to comment on this change between those two screens we just saw and said, we've always had corroborating links. This hasn't changed. Kind of has, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> the carousel oh, that we launched with I, is still I think, there. I think it might have done, look. <laughs> You can use the menu icon to open for links to appear in line. That said, we've been experimenting, we've done different formats. So still more to ch change to come. I mean, I guess to break it down, I would like links as a webmaster <laughs> SEO type person. As a user that knows a lot about Google, mm. I would like links because I don't trust SGE yet <laughs> unless it's clear where so you know each one of those bullet points comes from um the carousel i don't think is going to be particularly well used i think that's kind of a 
uh, lip service to, well, we've got links there. Because it's a bit, you know, like saying, yeah, 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 I've referenced this this paper. It, it's <laughs> over there in the cabinet in the third drawdown. Nobody's going to start... You try and get away with start, that in university. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to start clicking on expand links to check stuff like that. You know, Google and Google definitely knows that because there are huge yeah. amounts of data on how people are interacting with service. And their whole thing about, you know, time to result has been about reducing friction you know, reducing um, the need for users to do anything, basically, to click. So they know full well people aren't going to start clicking on open up more carousel. Yeah, it stuff. seems very, for want of a phrase, like counter Google. In that, like you said, they so push for as few links as possible to get through all that time to result data that we talk about so often. And the, the Google really kind of hammer home is like, we're trying to make this a more streamlined experience for the user. We're trying to make it easier for users to get to the data that they're looking for. But then, oh, well, you have to do, you'd have to go and click a button that I can't see on this screen, by the way. Like, if you look at the option without links, like, where are you clicking on this mm -hmm. thing to get those links? Is it that little, like, top thing on the top right there? Is there something at the bottom if you follow through with the FAQs? Like, the fact that it's not clear to me just at a glance, and as you said, Mark, even if we're not professionally SEOs, we're still conscious of search and very like for of a phrase like power users right like we are pretty techy yeah. and we know what we're doing if you're an seo you're not a regular user of yeah Google. but yeah. then this is why i said i want the links as someone with that knowledge yeah without that knowledge which is the vast majority of people i would probably you know google has an argument probably that that is a better cleaner better for the user result because the yeah. only the only difference i feel is that you need to trust google to do that yeah. which i think because you don't have the knowledge and you're not exposed to, um, you know, when Google does get things wrong as much as, you know, anytime Google messes something up, you know, the SEO community is like all over it looking at it and why and all this. <laughs> you know, most people don't see that. So most people will just trust it. Therefore, it's fine for them and they probably don't click on the links as much. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a weird answer. I think, you know, they should do because I don't think it's ready from what I've seen for prime time. But for most users... I don't think they'll care, and I think they probably think the one without links is cleaner and nicer. Yeah, I'd almost like to do a poll of like you know SEO non SEO people to see like does this just look like a more cluttered version of this? Like, would they know even notice the difference straight away? Like within the first five seconds, and you present like half a group with links and half a group without links as like a a test. Would people even notice or care? And I think that's a huge thing of maybe that's exactly what Google is testing, right? That's why they're experimenting with so many different options for SGE and seeing where this is going. And you're totally right, Mark. We put the magnifying glass on anything that Google do to make, sometimes to a, to a too harsh of a degree sometimes, but sometimes very, very rightly so. And I'm interested to see, and I know we talked about this last month as well, like how normal people, for one phrase, non-SEOs who aren't aware of SERP changes and algorithm updates and the, the fact that SGE is even a thing. Mm. How are they going to feel about this when this suddenly shows up on their phone or their desktop or whatever? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> suddenly it looks like a academic paper with all these little references and like <laughs> it's like the little reference link, that little like half a box yeah. with an arrow. It is that kind of um, Wikipedia style article style academic paper style reference thing. Like, is that the bit that you click on for the link? Can you click on the whole word? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, there's, there's so kind of like, it, it does seem like a kind of bit more cluttered to me, which kind of puts me off. But yeah, do we trust AI from Google side in getting the right answer? 
I think you're right, Mark. It's half-baked, so not yet so far. So please, please keep links while you're still working on it. <laughs> Our next topic, we'll be talking about Google Business Profile. Not something we talk about a huge amount on this show. We don't do a lot of local search chat here because it's relatively stable in the in the grand scheme of things. I know we talked about adding services to pages a little while ago. That was very interesting. That made a big difference in, in search results in local SEO. But now Google is letting us add links to our social media on our business profile pages. And this is, we were talking about this earlier, right? This is kind of something you can do already. And it's something you've, you've probably yeah. noticed before, listeners and viewers. If you scroll down past the reviews and stuff, there is usually links for social media stuff. And that is before, as you said at the top of the show, Mark, marking that stuff up, including it as links on your website and Google going and finding that stuff. So this is kind of just streamlining that process and you can add a few different things. So I think there's a list of seven different options. Is that right? I think it's seven, yeah. So, um, I mean, why didn't they do this like years ago? It seems so, like square one obvious stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> I think the Google business profiles are particularly used by micro businesses, small businesses, just to get some exposure, you know, even if they don't have a have a website yet. Um, but they've got some social media. And the only way really to get those social profiles before was through uh, like structured data. And then it was a bit flaky. It would take a while. And, you know, if you made a mistake on it, it wouldn't work. So it just seems like such a <laughs> obvious, uh, you know, thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you can add a single link now to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, TikTok, X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> Nobody's just calling it X yet. <laughs> Nobody's just calling it X yet. Uh, and YouTube. Nice. Okay. How many was that? Two, three, four, seven. Yes. Seven. seven. Nice. No threads. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No threads. That, um, that is the same as your Instagram, I guess, because they are inherently Well, they've got linked, different usernames. But they do, yes. They, yeah. You have like a um, numeric code for threads, right? Yeah. And there's no web thing for threads yet is there no so that wouldn't work there is no desktop um, version of threads yeah in, you got a threads.net it's just like a map of all the users and like a nice swirly graphic it's they need to get the web stuff up and going yeah that's another thing right like similar to this like you would assume that would be a day one easy kind of option <laughs> whereas including links to social media in your google business profile <laughs> seems to be fairly important and google thankfully have also given us the information on how to do it as well so if you go to your profile and click edit profile and then go through to business information and then contact you should then see the social profiles option and i checked this this morning for our one at canda we don't have it yet and i was very annoyed <laughs> I wanted to have nice screenshots on here. <laughs> I wanted to like actually do it because I'm part of managing that thing for the company anyway. So I was like, cool, I'll get some social media links on there. I'll have a live example of how I did it on Canva and all that sort of stuff. No. It hasn't rolled out to us yet. No. Much like SGE, we're left in the dust. Us here in the UK cannot do anything exciting on Google anymore, apparently. <laughs> Tiny violins. Yeah, exactly. But once you're there, you click add social profiles and then the little... Dropbox will basically give you an option to add all those links there. They do need to be in specific formats, which Google, it's the obvious stuff. It's HTTPS, all that kind of stuff you'd expect. It will error if you put in the wrong thing, if you don't include a www dot when you should have done, if you do HTTP, all that kind of stuff. So it should be fairly, fairly straightforward for anybody looking to add that. Hopefully, some listeners out there, you will have access to this and you'll be able to go and update your Google business profiles, either for your business or your client's business as well, and get that nice and updated. 
Nice. Nice. There are our main topics. We've got a couple of questions coming in. I know you uh, posted a few questions out and requests to LinkedIn. Requests. Mark. So we're going to talk Love about... Love taking question requests. Yeah, yeah. When they're good questions. <laughs> <laughs> no question. You, you heard that expression, no questions are bad questions. Yes. That's not true. That's definitely not true. <laughs> but we have some good <laughs> questions. Uh, I thought this one was particularly interesting. And the question is... Uh, it says, I have a query and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Let's say I have a page that I don't want to be indexed with you so far, but I also don't want to stop its authority from flowing to pages it links out to. Right. In such cases, what is better for de-indexing web pages? No index follow or no index no follow? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the big question of the so, day. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting question, and it's uh, something I used to try and do at, um, at some point, which was building links to specific mm. uh, pages, and I didn't—they weren't really great pages, if I'm honest. Uh, and I, but I still wanted that those links to go through to other good pages to get them to rank. Um, so I'd no index those pages. Now, a couple of things here. Um, this no index follow thing or no index no follow follow no follow follow isn't a thing follow right. isn't a thing <laughs> that's that's the first starting so, point right that's yeah, not an option that's the starting point so follow <laughs> is the default behavior of crawlers they it's the absence of a no follow <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you can say no follow um and if you don't or if you say anything else they're just going to follow the links <laughs> so no index follow isn't a thing so it's the same as just putting no index yep um Secondly, the term nofollow is kind of misleading because search engines, Google at least, and you can see this from your server logs, do use nofollow links for discovery. Meaning if you have a, a bunch of links on a page that are all nofollowed and they link to some pages that aren't linked to from anywhere else, those pages can still get indexed. Google will still find those pages. The purpose of the nofollow is so they're not passing their link metrics whatever you want to call it page rank yeah, juice. they refer to it as authority we, 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 we use the term juice here, <laughs> <laughs> we don't uh, to clarify we do not use link juice for i just find that phrase deeply disturbing ferry loves that term <laughs> he does shout out he does. very search intelligence loves that term i think he tries to trademark it and sell a drink called link juice um, that is the most fairy thing i've ever i don't know if life. that's just a fairy pr stunt anyway <laughs> so tell with fairy your uh, your links will still be used to discover pages if they're no follow but google has specifically told us if a page is no indexed for long enough they don't tell us what long enough is but they say the links on that page will be treated as no follow links and this makes sense from a logical point of view of what google's trying to achieve from what other search engines are trying to achieve it doesn't make sense that a page that you don't want indexed can pass authority to to other pages it's kind of you know, you're not in the pool to yeah. pass your vote around. So um, basically, you can't do that, which is, you know, no index a page and then um, try and get it to still pass link equity. I would ask the question, what on earth are you doing Why that bother? you're <laughs> attracting links to a page? So you want people to visit the page, but you don't want it in search. Those yeah. two seem... I can't think of a good reason to do that. The example I saw that people were discussing was an HTML sitemap. Like, oh, what happens if I, you know, that is a big link to, like you said, discoverability and 
helping search engines and not really users, but but specifically search engines to find your pages. And the reason I went mm, not really users there is because people don't humans don't use sitemaps unless you're a professional SEO and you're testing stuff or <laughs> looking around pretty much. And that was kind of my thought was like, cool, your your HTML sitemap's not going to rank for anything. Like it's not going to suddenly rank for business name sitemap because nobody's searching for that. That's not a thing people do. Hmm. So who cares at the end of the day? You just leave that to do its thing and Google will almost certainly just ignore it because they're smart enough to ignore this stuff. As much as we talked about like, oh, SG is half-baked and stuff. <laughs> stuff like sitemaps and no index, Google have been doing for decades. So they know what they're doing with this kind of stuff. And as you said, Mark, there's been years and years and years of documented confirmed statements from various members at Google saying like, yes, this is how no index works. This is how no follow works. And we're still asking this question now. But I thought, yeah, the, the, the inclusion of follow and no follow there, I thought was interesting because I think that is a very common yeah. misconception, right? I see that bandied around a lot in, in general yeah. discussion as well. So we have time for one more question. And the question is this. I'm getting a lot of English traffic from outside of the UK that mm. I don't want. I'm thinking about switching to a .co.uk away from my .com would this help fix my issue? Have you tried Brexit? <laughs> that stops any non-English traffic coming to your website. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, I think this is an interesting thing because I was talking with a client. They were looking to move. They're currently in a .co.uk. They're looking to move to a .com. And we were having this kind of conversation of where the advantages and disadvantages are for this kind of thing, right? And I think the, the, the only real advantage I can think of in terms of these CCTLDs, so these country-specific TLDs, in this case, .co.uk, is that it sends a trust signal to a user to say, like, this business or this page or this website is from this country. And I know speaking to international SEOs, speaking to people like Elise Bordes, who I had on the show a couple of weeks, speaking to Miriam Jessier, who I had many months ago, back Halloween of last year, there is a kind of almost a stigma in certain countries of like, oh, I'm from this country and we only use websites from this country. So it's almost like a psychological thing rather than a search actual like technological thing. From a search perspective, you're only going to kind of have a disadvantage there from a .co.uk, right? The .com is that global domain that is going to rank more widely. You have chances to rank for other things in other countries and get traffic from other countries. So I guess if you do want to get only UK traffic, a .co.uk is kind of the way to go if you really want, but you are kind of like limiting yourself in case you do want to do international expansion or any other kinds of like language options later on. I guess you could do some kind of like language subfoldery kind of stuff. I know a couple of our clients do that at the moment, but yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to kind of say, yeah, there's no real kind of big advantage to a .co.uk in terms of ranking compared to a .com, but there is some psycholo psychological elements there I think are interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird question because, <laughs> yes, a .co.uk would kind of disadvantage you to ranking perhaps in other countries. Yeah. However, I can't see a reason why I'd want to do this. So... um. And I've heard it from clients before where they get like loads of traffic, but maybe the leads aren't the right kind yeah. of thing because you're, you're being seen in the wrong yeah. places for want of a better phrase, right? I mean, so my thought of this would be two things. One, if you've already got a lot of traffic, 
I'd be cautious because any migration does have risk. Yep, absolutely. So you don't necessarily want to n- do that. Secondly, so, there's perhaps things you could do on the site. Mm. Um, so you could maybe do some like IP detection for if you think they're outside the UK, you know, telling them to go away or, uh, <laughs> you know, making a, a partnership with the other site. Because the thing about the other people that are doing English searches, maybe from not from the UK, is they could still potentially like link to your content, which yep. would improve your rankings in the uk so i would probably try and look at an an on-site way to deal with the traffic or send it to someone or sell it to someone who wants it um but so the technical answer is probably yes it would probably help (laughs) but there is probably a better way to do it than change tld definitely definitely well, thank you for sending in questions. Thank you for joining us on this month's Systrix with Canda. Hope you enjoyed us talking all about SGE, talking about Google Business Profile, Q&As, and the latest SERP update feature from Systrix. Thank you, Systrix, for having us once again on your YouTube channel. We very much appreciate it. Please do go and subscribe to Search with Canda if you want weekly updates in a format of a podcast. And we might be working on some video content coming up soon as well. There's a little mm. tease. There's a little plan for the future. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, please do subscribe there. It's available on everything. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Please go and find us there and subscribe to Systrix here on YouTube and you'll get this every single month in your YouTube inbox. We will see you next month. And until then, thank you so much for joining us. Have a lovely month.